This is Gresh and Fourier. It's incomplete! It's incomplete! Everyone, everyone who claims the Chiefs Kingdom will raise a banner above the National Football League again for the second time in four seasons. The Lombardi Trophy has a red and gold reflection, a big red reflection. The Chiefs are champions of Super Bowl 57. Andy Gresh. I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. It's a big game. Um, and it was it was a hold. So they called it. Christian Fourier. Man, one of y'all said the Chiefs were going to take it home this year. Not a single one. Feel that, feel it. And on top of that, next time the Chiefs say something, put some respect on our name. Gresh and Fourier right now. What does the moment mean to you, Andy? It means a lot. I could kiss you right now, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> on WEEI. Final hour, Gresham Fourier, Super Bowl 57. You heard it right here on WEEI. It is over with the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35. to We're uh, still unpacking all of that with you, and, well, we're about to uh, turn the page as well uh, in terms of our uh, football coverage and kind of talking about next year a little bit. By the way, uh, only Billy missed his uh, pick on the Super Bowl. Uh, Fourier really riding a weak one five and one record <laughs> led the way on the picks at nine and four. I was Ooh. seven and six. Billy and then Terp came hey, in. After well, listen, that. they all so, count, Gresh. They do, they do. And sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut, and you found a giant one. I did in uh, week one Me of the postseason. That's right. Yeah, there were some good uh, offensive coordinator references by some uh, <laughs> texters. I mean, I'm sorry. The greatest name in football history will forever and always be Jim Bob Cooter, who is an offense coordinator somewhere. It makes us all giggle. Fill in your own laugh track here. Yes, add this and use it at parties. So, the football season is over. And before we really turn the page, what was the biggest thing you got wrong in terms of heading into this football season? I can give wow. you. I can give you mine. You give me yours first. Well, the, the, wait, so we're talking about the entire league. The, we're talking about beginning of the year in August. Okay, when you sat down with whomever was around you at that time, and it was all oh, here's what I really believe coming up for this season. Da 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 da. You know, for me, I guess I, I see my, one of my biggest ones is right, but also wrong at the same time. I was a big believer that Cincinnati wasn't going to get back to the playoffs. And then and and early on it was, oh yeah, because those teams that that take that big a jump, it's hard to sort of sustain it. And I'll use one that the Patriots were tied into, and this is around the time that you were still kind of hanging around Carolina in the league. But remember the year they ended up with the number 7 pick in the draft that they slid down to number 10 and had Gerard Mayo. They got that pick from the 49ers because the year before the 49ers made a big level jump. And I think they might have traded with New England and grabbed Joe Staley. Might have been how that went down. But the 49ers went up, and then the next year they went right back down again. Patriots ended up with like a top 10 pick. I think that might have been around the Spygate run because the Patriots pick got taken, not the higher pick, which now it is in terms of NFL infractions. But San Francisco had one of those years like Cincinnati where it was like, They didn't make it to the Super Bowl, but they peaked under Mike Nolan, and then they went back down real quick, and the Patriots took advantage of that. 
I thought that was going to be Cincinnati. Went up and then maybe like a nine-win team. Sure enough, O-line, they figured it out. They did lose in the, what was it, an AC championship game again. So it was one of those where it was like, okay, maybe they will make the playoffs. I was wrong on Cincinnati. I thought they would I thought they would end up kind of tanking this year. Yeah. For me, one of the things I th- I feel really good about it, I think I'm, I'm right on, is the whole the fascination with wide receivers is very overblown. I mean, again, if Kansas City was so dependent on a guy that is allegedly so great in Tyreek Hill, then how'd they win the Super Bowl? Now, I know there could be those who will say, well, look at what Philadelphia didn't go in to get, you know, A.J. Brown and all that stuff. And again, he had a nice Super Bowl, but in the end of the day, how was that game won? Was it really about the wide receivers or was it much more about lines of scrimmage? And I know I'm an O-line guy and all that kind of stuff. But for me, it was I did not think Cincinnati would bounce back the way they did this year. And they made the AFC title game, so I've got to give them credit on that. But I do think they're a little flawed in terms of the way they're built. I wonder sort of when they got to start making choices on here are the people that really matter to us. Are they, A, going to have an owner that's willing to spend the money, but, B, can they make the right choices? Because they're going to have some tough ones to make. And Kansas City proved that you don't need this alleged great wide receiver to go win a title. Well, I would add an asterisk to that because – if you have Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> I feel like that is, to me, it's it's so similar to Brady. And just just thinking about you, your roster can really be whatever you want it to be because anyone who's on that team, if they're a late round pick or an undrafted free agent or a guy that couldn't figure it out on another team that was good but just in the wrong system, will end up being real productive for you with Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Undoubtedly, it's the same. He just makes everybody better. It makes it easy to call offensive plays. It's difficult. Like everything you draw up works because he makes it work. So to me, that's different. The thing that the thing that I think about is how farther behind the Buffalo Bills are than I originally imagined. Yeah, I had them. I had them winning it all. I had them going all the way. I thought they really found. Yes, they had. I mean, they had a difficult year. Maybe I'm like overreacting. They had a very over. They had a really tough year. They had that huge blizzard that shut down the entire city. People were dying. Uh, they had the the shooting in Buffalo. A lot of people forget about that. That kind of took up a bunch of mind space for the team. They had the Demar Hamlin situation. They had they were displaced one year because of snow. So when I think about that, I see. I you know I should really give them the benefit of the doubt. I should give him a pass. Like you get a mulligan for this year, and I. But I still sit there and go, well, okay. As good as Josh Allen is, he's still not Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And every single team in the AFC, regarding regardless of who you have as a coach and who you have as a quarterback, will be trying to figure out a way how to slow him down. That's it. That's that he's there. He's here, and he's not going anywhere. And it's just amazing that coaches like a Sean Payton would want to go in. To the AFC West. Think about all the coaches and teams and players that came through the AFC East and knowing, like, it doesn't matter what you do. You can make a bunch of great decisions. You're just never going to beat Brady and Belichick during their heyday. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the one where I I felt really confident about 
Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills and everything that they were going no, through. No, and they're now at the point like the Bengals are. And the Bengals might be a true year away from really having to make the tough decisions. But now with the Bills, you've got guys that are getting older. You know, I forget which safety it is. Is it Micah Hyde is Boyer? the one who's old? Oh, oh, Poyer. Yeah. He's the older of the safeties. That guy's probably off to free agency. You know, now you're paying Josh Allen real money. So you can't be giving away draft picks like you were because now you got to be replacing guys just to kind of stay at par in a way. And I just look at I look at teams like the Bills, and you're right. There's a definite recalibration. And Kansas City is clearly in the way of them. And one would argue Cincinnati is now in the way of the Bills. Um, but I do find it interesting, like, because Lord knows when you and I next start to get into the Patriots and all that kind of stuff. You know, everybody's going to focus on wide receivers and all that. This I found interesting. Justin Jefferson, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown, Chris Godwin, and Devontae Adams. Those seven wide receivers all have one thing in common. They all had over 100 catches. Those wide receivers, and again, Devontae Adams, Chris Godwin, Amon Ross St. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Steph Diggs, Tyree Kill, Justin Jefferson. You know what else they all had in common? Not a one of those guys played in even a conference championship game. Let alone made it to a Super Bowl. Now, some of the other dudes mixed in there. Kelsey had 110 catches. He's a tight end. Austin Eckler is in there in the 100-catch club. He had 107 catches. We know what his team did. You know, they went to the playoffs and all that stuff. How do wide receivers, if wide receivers are so important, how do these guys have all these catches and not a one of them even played in a conference title game? Well, see, I, I don't, I, I don't look at it that way. I don't say, wow, like that's not proof that wide receivers aren't important. They obviously are. Well, I guess I, and, and I'm not necessarily saying they're not important, but if it has been driven home that if you don't have one, you can't win. Well, I don't agree with then that how either. Come, then how come these, I don't agree with that. Then how come these guys, you know, like Justin Jefferson had a 128 catches for 1,800 yards and eight touchdowns. Poof. I was, in the postseason. Even, even think about that. Like a lot of times when the um, when the when the Chiefs are, sorry, when the, um, I can't, why am I completely zoning out? When the Eagles needed like a quick first down, it was just slant routes. Wide open slant routes, right? One on one, he caught it. He had a lot of cushion. He caught the ball. He fell down. But they also got big time plays from those guys. You know, Devontae Smith had a bunch of big plays. Uh, you know, uh, AJ Brown made an unbelievable catch where where Jalen Hurst just said, "Screw, it, I'm just going to throw it up." I know you're either going to catch it or you're going to knock it down. I'm not going to be worried. I think those guys are important. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is like the second coming of Tom Brady either. No, so God, no. for that system to work, you need those guys. You need them. You need to rely on them. They're all special. I mean, Devontae Smith is young. Again, Dallas Goddard, underrated tight end. He's good. Their offensive line is is really good. So and, and like here we go. Six oh three on the text. Cup just got a Super Bowl MVP a year ago. And what happened well, to he them got this hurt. year? Well, he got hurt. Well, there's and the, all their offseason okay. moves and free, and they they lost. The, they don't have as many good players. And then uh, so Stafford I, got hurt. So so to the six oh three. Can I assume? Well, they got this. Well, they they have a Super Bowl MVP, a wide receiver. So they, I I guess they're going to bounce back and be really good, right? Because 
Like, he, I like, think guys like wasn't, that. Wasn't Deion Branch a Super Bowl MVP as well to the 603? And the Patriots, well, they only had Deion Branch. I mean, my God, it's it's not Cooper Cup. Don't you think, though, So they, how in the, the world did they survive? Don't you think the level of quarterback um, can predict how good of a wide receiver you need? I think team building is not a paint-by-numbers exercise, and that's what people are turning it into. Receiver because, is the key? Because right now, if you took a poll of Pats fans... Oh, I know I've heard. I know what you're going to say. You know, but I'm serious. And, and, and you're yeah, gonna, everyone's going to go right to the, oh, I got to have that yep. guy. Yep. I just totally, really, what does totally it mean disagree. in the end? Totally, totally disagree with that. Totally disagree with I'm that. I'm not saying you line up with B-level dudes or yeah. bums. But, again, perfect example. Oh, Cooper Cup got Super Bowl MVP. Well, I guess the Rams will be back next year. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Oh, you know that Bill O'Brien is rocking to this as he's going to the Patriots facility every day. The man of the... Uh, oh, let's start getting ready, boy. Let's the, start scheming. Let's find the scheme that works best for us. Is there... The one thing I will say, like, when you look at the... um. The one thing, obviously, so with the Philadelphia Eagles, they know who they are. They play to their strength, and that's it. What you see is what you get. They and got the, some tough decisions to make, but they got a lot of draft capital and a top 10 pick to be able to throw yeah. around all over the board if they want. Yeah, and they got a quarterback that's that's under control. That isn't some, you know, that isn't going to cost them a bunch of money, at least in the short term. And even with the Kansas City Chiefs, there's just such a high level of intelligence when it comes to calling plays and philosophy and because a lot of people say, hey, halftime adjustments. Do you think that the Kansas City Chiefs made like a, a bunch of wholesale adjustments at halftime? Um, I think I think there were some tweaks. There's no question. I heard we talking about this, and I know you've mentioned the whole there are really no halftime adjustments. Uh, well, they figured out three ways to be able to get wide receivers wide open, and one of them held that they weren't doing in the first half. So I'd like to think there was at least a little bit of adjusting for the second half. Yeah, I think that it's the one part that I think people look at. So the Chiefs win the toss, they defer. Philly goes down and they score. Chiefs get the ball, they go down and score. The best thing about deferring to the second half, in my opinion, is you get this wealth of knowledge. You get this wealth of information then it's not like you go in at halftime and, and then you start making adjustments. You've already seen everything. You've seen everything they can pretty much throw at you. And now you get to start fresh with all the answers to the test. You know how they're going to play this. You know how they're going to play that. It just gives you an extra possession with more information as opposed to starting like fresh with no information. Like the, the, the Eagles did it. They went down and scored. I get it. They're aggressive. They did it. They have their mindset. But most guys. I would think would prefer to defer, get all the information, and then try to get the double dip. Even Matt Patricia was halfway decent calling a first drive coming out of halftime. That's a great point because I remember all those were usually their best. Hey, we know everything. Now take your 10, 15 best plays, your best third down, like all of them based on what you know they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, and I thought that was uh, obviously important. But the most important thing that they did is they just had more resolve. They had more attitude. They didn't panic. They didn't freak out. 
Like they were down ten points, and they was like, "Well, whatever." They missed a field goal, so like it was it was going okay for them, but it wasn't at the level that I thought it should be with a team with the Philadelphia Eagles that I thought would almost run away from it, run away with it. Sorry, the fact that they were just everything they were calling was working. Mm-hmm. So to me, that 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 stood out to me like just as far as just next level type coaching and attitude. Yeah, and I think that in terms of what the Patriots have to put together is sort of figure out how they want to put together a roster. I think if you asked Joe Patriot fan all across New England listening to us on the WEEI Sports Radio Network, I think it'd be a lot of people who would just start screaming, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Fire them all. Get a bunch of, get a bunch of, trade everybody. Get five first-round picks. Take five first-round wide receivers, and bingo, bango, that'll fix everything. We know that is impractical, and it isn't going to be the way they're going to go about it. So really, the first question in terms of the Patriots' offense is, what do you want to be? Isn't at their core, this is a power run team first, and then work off that second? Well, if you look at just the personnel, I guess that's the case. You have power backs, like Harris is a power back, although he's he's going to be a free agent. Um, Easily and, retainable, though, and, I and think. Stevenson and is a, is more of a little bit of everything. But what should is, they be? So Bill, Bill Bell, or Bill O'Brien bumps into you and goes, "Hey, what do you think we sucked at last year? What do you think we can? Is, be? is this my roster? Well, this, I mean, I, I'm assuming well, not they're not adding. Here's my well, thing. no, no, I I do think that is a part of the discussion. Is that if you want to be something, do you then have to go get? a wide receiver in free agency, or do you need to keep Jacoby Myers, or do you have to trade a pick to go get a high end, or do you not even think about adding to the wide receiver group, considering you do have five veteran-type guys that right now, if you had to, you could put them on the field. See, the guys that I would I would uh, sign Jacoby Myers, I would uh, find a way to get be done with Johnny Smith, I would keep Hunter Henry. I would find another type of flex wide receiver that just maybe is not as strong and looks as good with his shirt off, but he's reliable. He can catch, and he's not maybe not even as fast, but he just knows how to run a route and catch the ball. Real simple type stuff, and he's tough. That that is the the mindset that they're going to bring. They're going to do the whole smart, tough, physical thing. That's gonna that's gonna be. You their mean thing. they're not going to get intoxicated by? Six foot four and a half, two hundred and twenty pounds, and could catch balls with one hand with their eyes closed, running down the sideline in so the Big Twelve against Houston. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's Jamar Chase, right? You're not getting Jamar Chase. I would even the other and the other guy that I was like I would get rid of would be uh, Nelson Aguilar. I'd be done with him. Well, luckily would, for you, he is a free agent, yeah. so you don't even have to worry. So that's about out of the building. Perfect. Guy. So the other one would be Kendrick Bourne. So if you keep Myers, you have Myers, Bourne, Parker, Thornton, Ty Montgomery still mixed in there as well. And I think Parker's probably is, is a I probably feel like that Parker, experiment should be over. Parker's only six million bucks this yeah. year. I don't think they're gonna and and they seem to like the guy. Well, let's put it this way. For twenty twenty three, the Kendrick Bourne cap number Six point eight million. Uh, Parker is at six point two million. Tyquan Thornton is at a million six. Ty Montgomery is at a million five, and that would really leave Aguilar going out the door. 
Myers, you hope to try to keep him around for what would make him the highest-paid wide receiver on the roster. See, the crazy thing is the, the most important thing that they did, uh, you know, to have, like, significant change they've already done with Bob and Clem. Adrian Clem being your offensive line coach, Bill O'Brien, who is affectionately called Bob. So do you, we calling him the, biggest, the biggest issues and flaws no, with this already football been team have been fixed. They've already been fixed. Imagine if Josh McDaniels never left. And you had two years of Josh McDaniels and Mac Jones. I mean, You'd what do you be, think that looks like? You would be thinking much more about how do I get to an AFC title game or compete at a like, high you, level because the continuity would have kept everything together and they would have been functional. Do you think the Patriots were competitive? Yeah. So do I. Very competitive. I, I, I heard this and I was like, wait, they were competitive. And when I think about the games that they lost – Last second, like, you know, last possession with uh, against the Cincinnati. The, well, Miami. I go all the way back to the first game. Oh, Miami. Yeah, Miami. They beat the Jets twice. They couldn't handle the Bills. They split with the Dolphins. They had a terrible game against the Raiders. They had the ball in the goal line against Cincinnati. And then there was another one that I it's one other one where they just completely screwed well, up. Well, Green Bay, they lost in overtime. And Green Bay, even they though lost. it was, uh, I must say, Jaffe. It was Zappy yeah. in there. Yeah. So, I mean, they were com- and they were competitive. And every- the only game they really got blown out, mm-hmm. that was, uh, was it Chicago? Well, Chicago, they got pants. Yeah. That was and at I, home. Yeah. You play them 10 more times, you beat no, them you're nine. Beating them. Yeah. But even still, there were other winnable games. I mean, don't lose your mind at the end of the Raider game and continue well, to give yourself one. a chance, right? Well, that like, one was, and even, I think about that game, if you had the 32 cameras that they had in the Super Bowl, maybe you have a different bird's eye view of Devontae Adams' foot literally right. going out of bounds. He was out of bounds. Hey, hey, Roger, Roger, you want to talk about the officiating again? Let's talk about how great the officiating was. I'm just right here just riffing about all the stupid plays that were screwed up because of the, the officiating sucked. Do you think there will be an edict in Foxborough of this is how we want to build it? Or are they going to try to build it to try to be as varied as they can? Meaning at times they can line up with two tight ends and run it right at you with Ramondre Stevenson and maybe Damian Harris as much as you hopefully can go to four wide receivers and actually protect the quarterback this time around because you have a functional offensive line coach and an OC that doesn't have his head up his ass. I just feel like you're going to get a lot more innovative, clever um, plays. I, that's I, that's so what I think gonna you're going to get. More of like the stuff we saw from the Chiefs in the second half of the. But not we the know with this guy. Thing. No, but the yeah. whole. We know we're going to get a one-on-one matchup. Just fake it. Break it out. Think about that play, right? So they ran it on the right side. It's a motion stop, Mm -hmm. and then the DB was trying to anticipate it, so he overplayed it. They ran it to the right, touchdown, wide open. The next time they run it, they run it to the left. Same motion, stop motion. The the corner is so frantic about overplaying it so he can catch up with the motion because there's so much speed. He doesn't want to get picked by any of the linebackers that he sprints. He stops. He just walks, turns around, and he's wide open. Nothing can do because the guy it's, was in the middle of the formation. You, how long do you think they've been holding on to that? They've been holding on to that for so long, and then they, they have two opportunities inside the 10, and they call them both, and they both are widely successful. You know, it's funny you mention that because it was against Miami in that very first game when I think it was Ty Montgomery who scored the touchdown in that game, if I remember correctly. And they just kept trying to get him out in the flat. And I think they ran it to the right. They came back on second down and ran it to the left. And then they came back on third down and ran it to the right. 
and ended up scoring as a touchdown. But to your point, it was the, like, how... So, Kansas City, in a way, waited until game 17, 18, 19, game 20 yeah. to roll that out to help him win a championship. Meanwhile, Matt Patricia has a concept in his head on the very first week of the regular season and around the goal line, even though digging in the end zone, runs three straight of essentially the same play by just flipping it left or right. And it's the, that's my big offensive innovation for this one. Here's the what other. A here's, light year, here's, what a light world of difference. Here's the other thing that I'm curious about. I'm trying to think if Bill will adopt this mentality. And it is the almost reckless attempt to go for it on fourth down. It's like, hey, your third down run, your third down play is really not your third down play. It's your second down play. That's why your third, you can do whatever you want on third down because you know you're going for it on fourth down. I was just thinking about the Kansas City Chiefs defense and the psychological pressure that ex- that existed with them in that game. Mm-hmm. You're never coming off the field. They're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. They're going to go for it on fourth down regardless of where the ball is on the field. The, the best stop the Chiefs had was in the fourth quarter before the punt return. That got them inside the five. Like That was their best defensive sequence because, holy crap, you stopped them. And as soon as they stopped and I saw the punt team go on, I was like, wow, they don't like their field position. It's the only way they would have punted it. And 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 they just they just that's their their mentality. I don't think that's Bills. It's weird because it seems like it works. Uh, I think it works based on how committed you are to it. As well, that's a my philosophy. point. That's my point. Do you like change you your philosophy? No. Why? Uh, I don't think they're there yet. I, I feel like you're getting more examples of it working than it isn't. Well, I think you gotta completely trust your offense. And going into this year, there would be no reason why. It's got to be one of those things that's got to grow as the year goes on. I don't think as a concept it would be foreign or that Bill would be like, no, that's a fad and it's going to go away. But for him to get to the point of actually doing that, here's what it feels like. You know, there's always those kind of big moments in a season where it's the, oh, he trusts us. Oh, oh, he's going to leave us out here to try to make a, a big play, right? Remember the old uh, Kevin Falk play on fourth, fourth and, and two, two right? Yes. That's trusting your offense more than it is your defense, and you knew what Manning brought to the table. But if that's second-year Tom Brady, I don't know if Bill Belichick does that. But at that point in his career, it was, all right, I can I can do this, even though it's unconventional. I don't think this offense is at that point yet, but say they start to roll. Say you start to, you know, feel it a little bit. And all of a sudden in week five, there's that big moment of we can go for it and break the trend, so to speak. Yeah, I I think. It will only come if Bill feels that he can trust that group, not because he's Brandon Staley, who is the, let me hit my head up against the wall all the time because it's my philosophy and I'm going to go for it on fourth down. And even though I've given myself a concussion by now, I'm still going to do it because, by God, the numbers say so. That ain't Bill Belichick. Well, true. Um, And you wonder if if Staley had a different mindset if they would go farther in the playoffs if he wasn't just so married to his beliefs, even though – it didn't look like it was vibing the right way. The other right. aspect is uh, I think a lot of – if they don't kind of change the rules with the scrum, like what, what the Philadelphia Eagles did is for their The third, quarterback sneaks? 
Yeah, it's a true scrum. It's an old school rug- rugby scrum, and I cannot believe how successful it is. Why? Because usually you get away with it once. Every time they ran it, they 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 got three or four yards. They got anything, everything they want. Like a, it's basically a quarterback sneak, but it's run so differently. Usually the quarterback sneak, everybody. It's true wedge, right? No, well they all come down, right? Right. But it was if you go, I was like, I went and looked at some like rugby film. Where they kind of put their arms around each other. Where they're hooking their arms Yeah, and they get all low. And, and yeah, and it's, it's the wall. It, it literally is. Like, like the low man is winning, but they're not really moving. They just create. An, it's just weird. I've never seen anything like it but because a true quarterback sneak is quarterback gets the ball, pauses. He waits for a little crease, and then he'll kind of squirt through. Like Brady never was really a... Like what, what Jalen Hurts does? No. He doesn't do that. Well, and that's, I think, a part of the reason why there are those like me who hasn't completely, haven't completely embraced Jalen Hurts yet. Like, what did he end up with? I don't know. Eight, 300 yards 18, passing. No, but like 18 rushing touchdowns or whatever it was. And how many of them come on those sneaks? There's nothing special about him being a part of that play. So it's going to look great of, it'll be, wow, look at all these rushing touchdowns from Jalen Hurts. Great. I can put you in there. They can put me in there. No. And end up scoring on those. I, There's nothing special from Jalen Hurts on those wedge plays where it's quarterback sneak get it into the end zone. You don't think the fact that he's as strong as he is. No, you could do that, that with anybody. You don't, you really think Mac Jones yeah. would be all right? Okay, yes. so what's the key then? It's the dudes up front. Okay. And it's Why? the and okay. it's But again, it's it's just a it's, it's a quarterback also, sneak. But it's also the pace. How many times does Philadelphia do that where they get right up on the line of scrimmage and you don't have a lot of time to be able to substitute and get your Larjos in? That's why you see teams scrambling, trying to get like a thin guy off the field. You're trying to run a 350-pounder on the field. Ain't going to work. Your big ass ain't going to get out there in time. Mm. So a part of it is also the way Philadelphia dresses it up. In reality, what it is, is it's no different than a power running game, except you're quickening the pace to take advantage of the smaller guys on the field. It's no different than where the game has gone. Five years ago, you'd have people in chairs like ours being... Uh, if you don't throw the ball, you're never going to win in the league. And uh, 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 It's all about chucking it. And bah, bah, bah. No, a lot of teams this year proved the run game mattered. The two in the NFC side proved it uh, over and over again in Philadelphia and San Francisco. You can't be one-sided one way or the no, other. I, I understand know. it. I, I feel like that but rule. We're, we've now gotten to a point to where... If you're smart, you should be able to run the ball in the NFL because these defenses, they don't have beef in the game anymore. The way they ref and the rules, how it applies as far as forward progress, forward motion, that whole thing, they're going to end up, the rules committee is going to end up looking at that and try to find a way to take it out of the game. How can they do that, though? That's well, the they, thing. Well, they changed the rule earlier. Was it this year or last year when it came to you can keep pushing the player Usually they would call it dead, right? They would call it dead. Now they're saying that you can keep pressing. You can you can do that for 10 yards if you want to. And you can get kind of pushed from behind and all that kind of stuff. But go back and watch a lot of the ways Philadelphia would run that. Quick. Hey, we're inside the or we're on the 2-yard line. Let's go. They get up, they get lined up. None a lot of teams they they were unequipped or ill-equipped to be able to handle it. Because, again, who's playing with a 340-pound beefer in the middle anymore? Very well, few. Again, 
that's why that's why I think they're going to end up changing it, or more guys are going to sit there and try to duplicate it, which I feel like they've mastered. I, I haven't, I just haven't seen any other teams rely on one formation, one play more often than they did. Same, same play, no, no, no uh, bells and whistles. Same damn thing. That's it. It's amazing mm-hmm. how successful they're good at it. Well, and Daniel Jones was doing it too with the Giants. Was so you're right. I mean, maybe there will be. Maybe the league will look at it. I just, I just don't know much of of what you can really do. Uh, are you done? Brings it home next. Weei, Weei, New England Sports Original. Now, now, more Gresh and Fourier on Weei and streaming on Weei.com. Now, it's time for... Are you done? Are, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? You done, right? You done, right? Are you done? Are you done? On Crash and Fourier. Time for Are You Done? It is sponsored by our great friends at Unified Office. If you run a business, you know the rough impact the labor shortage can have on your customer's phone experience. Unified Office specializes in keeping businesses from losing incoming customer calls and revenue. Learn more at unifiedoffice.com. Billy Lanny, are you done? I am not. Big uh, birthday shout out to Jerry Springer. About one of our first TV uh, pet uh, p- uh, smut peddlers that uh, turned seventy nine years old today. Seventy nine, I believe. Jerry Springer not only is known for the show, but I believe he wrote a check to a prostitute. Uh, yes, he was running for mayor. He yeah, he was. Uh, he he was a- it was actually for an order for a steak platter from Pittsburgh. Okay. Ah, yeah. Gotcha, I remember gotcha. the the Jerry Springer days when he was on TV in the middle of the day, and this whole thing was starting. They uh, they actually ended up making I would call it like a, a hit tape or whatever you would call it too hot for TV. It was like wait, was that what it was called? I remember we used to watch this on the bus going to, going back and forth the from VHS. Games. That's yeah? about right. Yeah, that was it. It was um, Did you watch bum fights too. No, no, no. It was this. I remember we were pulling up to Kansas City, and I remember like nobody got off the bus until the whole thing was over. Yeah, because I wanted to see how. How the stupid thing would end. And you knew you were winning that game anyway. Well, so. no, this was back when I was with Seattle, so we knew we were oh, losing I that game. It, we were like, what's the rush? We're going to lose anyways. Greatest stuff ever. So I'm looking at it now. Like This is a while back. I was gutting out a closet at my parents' house. So I found my Jerry Springer <laughs> Secrets and Surprises was oh, one day. Oh, yeah, I love it. Jerry Springer's uh, Bad Boys and Naughty Girls Uncensored, and then the original Jerry Springer 2 What for TV. Oh, also, oh, best. Jerry... Um, Jerry Springer, I refuse to wear clothes uncensored. There we so, go. That's so, about right. Uh, early teens, mid teens, me had full oh, yeah. chests of Jerry Springer. Oh yeah, it's too hot for. T- what, what a great. What is awesome. It is unbelievable that not only did that guy make just a pile of cash doing that show, but even that bald security guy, Steve, Steve Wilkos. He ended up like getting he got a his show own show. He's got his show. His show's a little more uh, serious. Oh, because he's oh, a, yeah, he's, yeah, a police, yeah. his, his, he's a former police officer. Yeah, so He'll it's all that you. kind of stuff. It's not it's not the the smut that Springer. Jer- uh, Steve takes a little bit of a serious route with his. Oh, uh, his he didn't go full criminal. Jerry Springer. No, 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 no. He deals with like bad people that <laughs> you way. You don't even like, do that. I don't even think he can Oh yeah, I mean he's into the whole like. People that he would have to choke on stage. Yeah, exactly. But no, the original Springer show was a circus. I loved it. Are you done? Are, 
Are you I done? I am. Are you done? I always loved it when they brought in little people as well. That was always good in the old days. The little of people Springer. were good. I also remember the episodes of like With- Mari. When Mario would bring in, like, fat babies. Oh, yeah. Remember, like, the fat baby episodes? And the guy would literally run around the studio the when he found out he over. wasn't the father. Oh, those ones. But, like, the fat oh. babies would take over the stage. Oh. They would just let them run amok. It was the best show ever. But, oh, yeah, no, the you, are, the you Are Not the Father dances are amazing. They are fantastic. All right, Terp, are you done? I'm not done. Real quick, so I don't know if you guys caught this during the Fox pregame. When they were making their picks, they threw to Sean Payton and Rob Gronkowski first, who were not on the set. Oh. And there was this... Really cringy moment. I'm just going to let it play out real quick. Which leads us to our picks. And we're going to start with the two guys who aren't at the desk right now. Sean Payton and Brock, who are you taking? Coach, how did we both end up in an orange tie and blue suit? I swear I sent my gray suit in. It's my doing. It's probably a little over the top. I got a a job at the Broncos for you. No training camp. You're eight touchdowns shy of 100 touchdowns. I think I can get you that. And, and might be able to talk to the Walton Penner family about calling us the Denver Broncos. Guys, guys, we need your pick. Hurry up. Hey, oh, what, I'm going? picking the Broncos. No, no, no. They need the game picks. Eagles by seven. I've got the Eagles by ten. Kurt, back to you. What is that? Uh, that is brutal. Well, so you know, they're trying, I guess. It's Sean, it's Sean Payton's last day because now he's got to go build the Broncos. Actually, he's got to try to cut Russell Wilson's No, contract. that ain't going to happen. He's got to try to figure out how they can all get along. Uh, uh, that was so cringeworthy. Gronk does that all the time. And the fact that they convinced Sean Payton to do that also is amazing. Well, did what you see what thinking? Payton tweeted today? I think it was earlier today. It's a Broncos shirt. They crossed out the B, and he wrote a G, so it says Broncos. Oh, hey, listen, he's trying. Gronk. Might as well, right? What do you got to lose if you're Sean Payton? What do you have to lose? Probably Maybe. nothing. Probably right. nothing. Who cares if his money's like not going idiot. anywhere? He's getting $100 million from them, so he can look completely stupid, and he's trying to coach Russell Wilson. God bless him. Are you done? Are, are you done? Are you done? I'm done. I, I am going to be done for now, but there's one thing that I can't even believe we didn't get to was the is? horrible conditions of the field. I feel like eventually we're going to need – that's the the biggest one of the biggest storylines of this game, and that how unbelievably bad it was. And I feel like they're gonna need to take that that old sod guy guy, the, uh, guy, the guy George Toma, George, George the sod god, yeah. the sod god. Time to find a replacement. Uh, that is it for us. We are done. Tommy Kern will be with us tomorrow as we start to get into the postseason. Celtic Bruins, I'm sure we'll still unpack some of the residuals of the Super Bowl as well. Terp and Billy produced it. If something went wrong, just blame them. Uh, Mego and jo- sorry, Jones and Mego with Arcan are next. I was just going to run them all down. Mego would like her name right first. Way. You can keep saying it that way. Uh, so Jones and Mego are next for you. And I'll see you tomorrow at 10 a.m. Are you done? Are, are you done? Are you done? Okay. Okay. Are you done? You done, right? You done, right? Are you done? Are you done? Okay. Okay.